Hello, I'm Patrick Chavis, and you are listening to LA Theater Bites podcast. And I am here with the creators of Comic Con the Musical, and it's playing now at the Hollywood Fringe 2017. And um, so, uh, could you guys just uh, introduce yourselves for me, guys? Sure. Um, hi, I'm Laura Watkins. I wrote the music and the lyrics to Comic Con the Musical. Hi, and... I'm Nicholas David Brand. I wrote the book. All right, good, awesome, awesome. So, um, so this is a Comic Con musical. That's great, man. I'm that's that's awesome to hear. Um, actually, this will be uh this year, uh, will be my first time ever. I've always wanted to go. Will be my first year ever actually getting to go into Comic Con. So I'm nice. So it's uh it's it's been on my it's on my uh bucket list of things to do, and finally did it. Finally did it. I'm gonna I'm so excited to go. I've gone to some smaller cons, but my friends tell me it's there's nothing to compare with, with, with this, with Comic-Con. So wow. I'm, I've, I've, I've just got, it's like being excited about like the best possible movie. And like, I think I can only be let down because of how, how much excitement is, I, I uh, how excited I am to try it. But, but uh, it's cool to see that now that they're, that, that it's going into the musical, the musical realm and stuff like that. So what inspired you guys to take, geek culture this big i guess the mecca of the mecca kind of of geek culture and turn into a musical well um i was interested in writing a show that had kind of a nerd theme like i could just envision lots of different types of nerds coming together to create a really interesting story but it was nick's idea he he was the one who pointed out to me that one place where nerds of all types could go together was a Comic-Con. So that was kind of the genesis. Yeah, and I've been going to all kinds of cons. Like you, I went, I, being from the East Coast, I was going to smaller cons. Uh, and when I moved out to California, I finally got to go to San Diego Comic-Con. And like you said, it is the mecca of cons. It's just so huge. It takes over the whole city. And there's just so many interesting, fascinating people. There's so many characters built into that world. You've got cosplayers, you've got fans, you've got participants, you've got celebrities. One of the lyrics in the songs is costumes and characters, and that's exactly what it delivers. And I think that's what makes for good musical theater as well. So it, it seemed like a perfect coupling. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, the idea came first, then did the music and the music came later, or did you guys kind of have music that was kind of geeky and you were like, how do we, how do we, how does this morph into a show? Um, mostly, I had one song that I thought would work for something in this genre, but um, I came to Nick with a few different songs. Um, when I was trying to entice him into uh, book writing for me, and uh, once 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 he came on board, we were really the story before Nick came along was really rough and and had not a lot of direction. So once he kind of helped with all the plot, well, with the plot, it was um, the songs followed. And I think I think like uh, when you read anything about writing a musical, it's you know let them speak until they're like so overpowered with emotion that they have to sing. So that's kind of what motivated the songs. But Laura came to me with like this, this great basis and she's a fantastic composer, by the way. Uh, I, she probably won't toot her own horn, but I'll toot it for her. Uh, it's complex, it's varied. It crosses all kinds of genres during the course of the show. It's really fascinating. 
and then I tried to draw on my strengths as a, a writer. Um, I've written independent movies. I've uh, even co-directed one. I have a background in writing. I actually edit a uh, small comic for uh, Image Comics called uh, Lil Depressed Boy. So I have a background yeah. in comics. I, I, my story background really drove me to work with her on getting these character arcs to be to a place where you have them overcoming the challenges of the situation and, and growing throughout the course of the musical. And then to have her then come in and just bring these powerhouse songs was just an amazing experience. Well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Especially now, you're starting to see a lot more uh, geek culture and stuff like that go and hit the mainstream and go more into the mainstream realm. When when you know it used to be a lot a lot of a lot more people you know playing board games and all that kind of stuff was kind of relegated to kind of inside uh, someone's garage or someone's family. Now it's definitely coming out and stuff like that. Um, what? How do you? think your musical fits in to that and do you do you like all of, all of the uh, popularity that's happening with gay culture or do you think there's some negative uh, aspects to that uh i like I that it's, it's coming out <laughs> but um it's, that's because it for for us it was nice to have a have this start to really rise in popularity because it it only can help our our popularity i guess but um, also, it's it's just exciting to have so many things to choose from. When you have all these different things from different geek cultures, kind of to draw upon for story and music, it's um, it can only make it richer. I mean, for me, uh, you know, I was I, I, I'm old enough to have been beaten up for being a nerd uh, back in the day. It, I mean, I remember it was such a special experience when you like found somebody who also had just read that issue of Uncanny X-Men and you could talk about it and discuss it. And for me as a, a nerd today, it's great to see these characters that I've grown up with that I basically cut my teeth learning them to read on these comic books, seeing people embracing them, seeing people wearing the t-shirts, seeing people going to the movies. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's always that, Oh man, it was really cool when it was mine, but, I think it's even better when it's out in the world and people can share it and and like there's this commonality and I think this is what's really special about a good con is you see somebody wearing a t-shirt of a character that you like and there's always there's like this instant little bit of a bond between the two of you and to spread <laughs> that kind of love throughout the world is great and uh, like in in the musical the the characters kind of like the three characters are 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 trio of leads uh the characters of anna jason and drew they're just in line together and they don't know each other going in but when you're in line at a con you get to know the people around you and you know that you have some kind of commonality that that you can draw from and possibly create friendships from and i know that i have friendships that started just based on a, a brief conversation in a in line at a con and uh, I think that's the magic of it being out in the world and being accepted. As far as uh, as far as the music that's concerned, like this seems like a very a very modern kind of play, a very modern kind of musical. What kind of modern music fits, or or maybe it's not modern music. What kind of music fits for a comic con kind of show? I was really inspired by a lot of film score, 
um, in many cases, like where there's a character of the dungeon master. So whenever the dungeon master has a song, I, I kind of really took the harmonies and the uh, the style of a few different um, film composers that like uh, Lord of the Rings really inspired one of his songs. And then the, the Sith Lord battle and uh, John Williams' uh, Phantom Menace, which... Got to have John Williams in there, of course. Yeah, yeah. and it's gotcha. it's not like I love yeah. the Phantom Menace movie, but I, I do love the Phantom Menace music. So that was... And then uh, the new Star Wars not Star Wars, the new Star Trek music is uh, so good. And so I used that inspiration also. So kind of that big epic movie score in certain cases was was a big influence. And then in different areas, the music goes from kind of maybe a little bit traditional to, you know, some hip hop or there's a big rock ballad in there at one point. But then there's also just your typical kind of musical theater. Um, sound that you could find in uh you know in book of mormon or something also the style really runs the gamut and i think that it, it's not something that you could even isolate to one uh like specific musical type and it's it's really uh laura took what was important emotionally in that moment and what character or characters were involved what kind of song would best fit there uh, to get that point across, to get that emotionality across, and that's how it really got developed. When you have uh, when you have something like this that seems like it's so close to you, like you, it sounds like you really pulled from a lot of your feeling, you adding your characters and stuff like that. How do you give your baby away, and how did you choose the di- thought, choose the director to to make your baby happen? <laughs> It's funny that you should she should say that uh, I am the co-director of the musical and I'm co-directing it with my wife, so it very much is our baby. And you didn't and you didn't you didn't pass it along is, too much. Uh, <laughs> having Jessica involved in the process, she has a a deep musical theater background, so we all have that kind of nothing. But uh, so having Jessica involved as my co-director has been a, a great experience because she's drawing from a, a musical theater background. She went to school for musical theater. And she has had a, a keen eye on what is necessary and what may be extraneous. So it really helped us tighten up the show for this version of the production. Yeah, definitely. She came at it with a really um, critical eye for uh, theatrical ease, ease of moving from scene to scene. She was really invaluable where that came in. Um, she's also a great choreographer, just a great dance background. So she brought all sorts of, you know, life to the show with with things like that. So she's been she's been amazing. Uh, are, are there any uh, are there any um, comic book characters in this show that I'd recognize, or are all are all these kind of like uh, made up comic characters for the show? Or can we expect some some really popular? Can we expect Batman? Can we expect Superman, The Flash, or something like that in this show? You'll see them. Well, we reference. <laughs> yeah, we we reference uh, characters. We don't specifically draw from them because we wanted it to be an original creation. Yeah, you'll hear you'll um, hear them mentioned in the lyrics um, all over the place as like just you know showing you the world. 
like um, one of the lyrics is on the left, Robert Stark, on the right, Tony Stark, in the back, I see Quark. So, <laughs> you know, you're referencing things from all over the place, but isn't a character in the in the show. It's all um, it's all kind of original characters within a backdrop of recognizable characters. Like, I don't know if you're nerdy enough to know, but the, the program cover itself is a parody of Giant Size X-Men number one. Oh, no, so, I did not know that. I did not know that so, one. <laughs> so that's a that's like the introduction of the, the X-Men that most people traditionally know. It's the, the group that came after Cyclops and Beast and Iceman and Jean Grey. It's the, the Wolverine and the, the Nightcrawler and the... the right, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That group. But then on the back, yeah. we have uh, the actual character that one of the... Jason is trying to get people to read his comic book, which is Super Christian Psychic Alcoholic Alien Detective. So, it's really good. Exactly. Oh which, my gosh. By the way, that is the song. That is the song that everyone tells me they can't get out of their heads when they see the production. Nice. Uh, and it, it, like, it's just a, so hummable and so memorable. But it's also, you know, it's a, it's a fun creation. And it, it's all about this guy trying to get somebody to listen to his story and i think everybody has a story and everybody wants people to to get them and that's kind of at the heart of it all yeah that was one fun part about this show for me was coming up with ideas for um fake movies and fake comics and and fake things that people might want to make knowing that i was under no pressure to make them be actually good ideas or anything so christian alien uh, christian, christian alien sounds like an amazing idea yeah oh my well gosh. i would i would read that well i would read that good to know but um i'm not sure i would want to read it but it was it was it was kind of a funny idea for a song that i thought of in line for the bathroom on the plane don't know why but um, then I think one of the great things is like it could be like I, I, I hope that the, the musical becomes so great that someone will let me write the actual comic book version of this character. I hope so, too. That'd be so funny. Yeah. And then we have superhero vampires in space at one point um, is the whole idea that people come up with and think is great during the course of the musical, which, you know, like I said, it didn't really have to be a good idea. It just was kind of fun to think of people thinking of these things. So I'm always curious about the process. How long does it take? What's the process and how long uh, does it take to really put something like this together? Like all the components, everything, the music, the book, actually getting mm -hmm. the, finding the actors. How, how long does something like this take? I don't know, seven months of working, maybe slightly longer than that. Um, before we came up with our first draft. And then after that first draft, we were, um, well, we were lucky enough to do this ASCAP workshop and uh, we got feedback from Stephen Schwartz. And then we did another draft, which was heavily rewritten and had that ready six months later. And then we got more feedback from another source and had another draft written three months later and it, it just kept going on and on like that, workshop, draft, feedback. So the draft that we came up with for the Hollywood Fringe Festival was probably, Nick, would you say about a year and a half after our first draft? Yeah, give or take, I'd say it's about a year and a half after our first draft. And I think one of the cool things about musical theater is it's so iterative. 
um, and you can take the feedback that you're getting from a live audience. Yeah. And see what's working, see what isn't working. Um, what were some challenges that you experienced while while trying to put this thing on, if any? Well, one of the inherent challenges of Fringe is that you have a 15-minute load-in and a 15-minute load-out. So as you can imagine, with a black box space, uh, you have to really think about how to best utilize your time and the space that you're given. Our stage is about 16 feet by 20 feet. We fill it with, at times, 13 performers. So we crowd it up. But you still, if you're talking about this, this great, awesome comic book convention that people are attending, there's literally a line when there's only two people on stage and they say, how is that possible? There's got to be like 100,000 people here. So there's a little bit of using the, the audience's imagination. Uh, one of the ways in which we address this, uh, we knew we had to do uh, minimal uh, set, but we also have incorporated a, a bit of projection to kind of give a, a more depth to the world. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, I like that's, yeah, I mean, and honestly, that was kind of uh, in my dream version of this, in a large scale version of this, projection was always uh, something that I wanted to do. I wanted to have all the backgrounds like drawn in by an artist over the course of the scene so that you'd really experience an, an interesting take on the world and kind of get an interesting vision into uh, almost being inside of a comic book. Uh, I, I actually saw some really fantastic set designs. I saw Spider-Man turn off the dark on Broadway. Right, yeah. And, and like the set design was just inspiring. And like just to to scale it down from our imaginations to fringe was a definite challenge. But I think it afforded us to, to be like thrifty in what we're using and to really rely upon the performances of our cast who are terrific. Let everyone know when is your show going on and what time and what theater. Let us know. Well, it's uh, we have three shows left. We have one Sunday, which is uh, sold out, but it's at Sacred Fools, a second stage. And then uh, we have another one the following week, uh, Sunday the 18th at 7.30 p.m., also Sacred Fools. And then we added one. Um, so now we have a final one on the 22nd, that's Thursday, at 5 p.m.